Welcome to the Boss Responses Podcast, and welcome back to Day 4 with guest co-host Alan Heyman. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that I know a lot of us struggle with. How do you find balance in your life when you're running a freelance business? Let's go ahead and jump right into that topic. If you're a freelancer, business owner, or anyone who deals with clients, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Teresa Edmond. I've been dealing with clients and running my business for nearly two decades. And in that time, I've dealt with my share of doubt, imposter syndrome, and not knowing what to say when a client asks a question I wasn't ready for. I created this podcast to empower you with the boss responses you need to grow your business. Each week, my guest co-host and I will bring you five episodes packed with practical insights. Monday through Thursday, we answer your questions. And Fridays, we dive deep to explore how our co-hosts embraced their role as the boss of their business. Welcome to Boss Responses. We are back for day four with Alan Heyman. And Alan, I'm going to ask you the question again today. It starts off with, I'm stressed. And I think a lot of us resonate with that. I'm stressed. I have plenty of clients, maybe too many, but I feel like there aren't enough hours in the day to get everything done. That's led to a lot of late nights and early mornings because afternoons and evenings are filled with child-related activities and family time. How do I balance all of this? Yeah. Wow. I'm just pausing for a moment to let the question settle in because I feel like I have had a flavor of this discussion, certainly with myself and my own family and with almost every single client you know, hundreds of them since I began my coaching practice. This is not an issue that is peculiar to being a freelancer or a small business owner or an employee. It, it's sort of something that I think all of us have to deal with. Yeah. And, and to me, it's a couple of things. One, it's taking a look at what the person who wrote in actually wants to have happen. What is the desired state versus the current state? And we're not talking at this point about whether it's possible or whether the finances work out or whether we can expand on some obligations or loosen others. But, but very simply, what does the person want? Is it fewer clients? Is it fewer hours on the job? Is it fewer nights and weekends? And once we understand what that hypothetical future picture could look like, then we can spend some time and energy on figuring out how to get there. Because the thing that I want to say about this, and I, I think this is absolutely true for anybody who does any kind of work to generate an income, is that work will take from you often more than you are willing to put in. And you are responsible for deciding the size of the container that work fits into in your life because work is going to take all of the available space in that container. It's, it's like a gas in that way. And so that's the first thing is what does the box look like? For example, when I started my coaching practice, one of my objectives was to work fewer hours than I had when I was, one, working full-time for somebody else, and two, having a fairly substantial commute into the city and back every day to get to my job. Mm -hmm. And so that was a choice. And I did that recognizing that there would be some trade-offs. So if I worked 60, 70, 80 hours a week at my coaching practice, could I make more money? Probably so. Is my family going to love me for it? Probably not. And as an introvert and as a person whose work is deeply personal and deeply interactive and interpersonal, I know that I'm not as good at this job beyond a certain limit of a number of coaching sessions per day or per week. 
So right. if I start to exceed that, it's not going to be in service to the people I'm trying to serve. So all of those are questions that I was asking myself as I tried to get my own handle on my answer to my recipe. It's not perfect. None of us ever are. But largely, I have given up the nights and weekends and the going back to work after the kids go to bed kind of phenomenon that the listener is, is describing in their email. So I think it, it, it comes from some deep self-examination about what is what is necessary, what is desired, and then we figure out how to make that possible. And as far as working with my clients on this issue who do have full-time jobs, a lot of times it almost goes back to that first question about the boundaries with the client in how do you tell your boss, guess what? I'm not going to answer your emails at eight o'clock at night because that's my time, mm -hmm. not yours, and you're not paying me to do that. Those sorts of things are almost common regardless of how you're generating your income. So it's another boundary conversation. But the first conversation is with yourself on what you want the boundaries to be. You mentioned boundaries again. And I think everything we do when we step up as the boss of our business is about boundaries. We're setting boundaries for ourselves. We're setting them for other people. We're setting them for our business, that division between business and our regular life. You'd mentioned desired state versus current state. And I love the image of that. And then as you kept talking, I saw playing out in my head that public speaking thing that everyone does where you have the vessel and you have the big rocks and the little rocks and then the sand and then you put the water in. And that's if anyone's not seen that, go find it. It really does drive home. There's not much room for big rocks in there. You have to choose just a couple of things. So it goes back to even what we were talking about yesterday. You have to choose the why and what matters and then make sure that your big rocks really align with that so that you can get from that current state to the desired state. And I honestly, I deal with this all the time. This is an ongoing issue. And I think if we aren't totally aware that it's going to happen or that it can happen, and we don't constantly work on it, then it's way too easy to fall back into that stressed state rather than focusing on working very deliberately to make sure that we have, I hate the idea of a balanced life because I don't think anyone has a balanced life, but finding the life that works for us. Yes. And when I was doing ghostwriting all the time, my schedule was mine. I had a couple of meetings where I would have to show up for a client, but I would get up really early in the morning and write for a couple of hours. And then I would have this big block of time in the day where I could either work on my business if it needed it or go shopping, take the dog for a walk, go get my hair done, whatever I wanted to do. And then I had another really productive time in the evening. And then sometimes it'd shift and I'd feel like I was more productive in the middle of the day. But if I didn't take the time to be aware of what my body was telling me and what my brain was telling me, then I got out of balance really quickly and I would start feeling that stress again. But I'm like you, I wanted to work less hours and make more money. And I did, but I had to be incredibly deliberate about what I allowed onto my plate. And I very, very quickly learned the value of the word no. And I think no is a complete sentence. You do not have to explain yourself. You do not have to give an excuse for why you're saying no. Just no, that doesn't work for me right now. And then move on. And I do that with clients. I do that in my personal life because your personal life can quickly take over as well. So 
the balance is what works for you. It's not what someone else tells you it is. And once again, it all comes back to what Alan said about boundaries. Absolutely. And so the hope is that over time, you get a little bit more skilled at recognizing when that stressed out feeling is starting to come on versus when it's fully upon you and then you're reacting to it. So one of the wisest pieces of advice I ever got in setting up my own independent business was from somebody who had done this considerably before I did. And she said, look, your clients are paying you to do something, but they're also paying you to not do everything else you could be doing during that time. Yes. So if you're assessing your own situation and you're realizing that the everything else you could not be doing during that time is not getting the proper attention and energy, that's when you refocus and, and, and figure out how to rebalance things. Again, assuming the finances work out and you're not just under constant pressure to, to make up the numbers. That's brilliant. That also speaks to the ability to focus on what you need to focus on in that moment, especially with something like coaching. Or if you're doing consulting and your client is paying you for an hour of your time, if you can't sit there and really truly focus on your client's questions and problems during that time, then you are one, selling them a bag of lies but you are doing a disservice to both of you because you're splitting your focus and you're not giving your client what they deserve. That's an important personal boundary, I think, knowing that if you're giving this time to this thing, then you're giving this time to this thing. I like that. I love that. And it's a great reminder that your values to your clients is not just measured in hours and minutes. It's measured in presence. It's measured in attention. It's measured in energy. There are plenty of studies out there that you can look up on the optimum number of hours for an employee to work in a day or a week, let's say, and how much maximum productivity you get out versus the number of hours typically somebody would spend in their office chair. It's not the same thing. But yeah, absolutely. It's what are you capable of delivering when you are at your best for your clients to me is is the true measure of that. Yeah. And one other thing, I know we're running a little bit long on this one, but I think this needs said a lot of freelance work or small business ownership has a creative element to it. And you cannot be creative for eight hours a day. You just can't do it. It's not sustainable. So if you are going to be a writer, I'm going to fall back on that because that's my bailiwick. If you're going to be a writer, you need to realize that you can probably only legitimately write good work about four hours a day. You can probably legitimately only write great work for an hour and a half, two hours a day. And you need to figure that in. So when you're scheduling clients, you can't say, I have 40 hours a week of writing time now because you don't. One, you have to have time for your business. You probably only have six or seven really good hours a week that you can write in. And you probably only have maybe 15 that you can write passable work in. So limit yourself, make sure that you're doing that and do not over schedule your client work. I know it's the same thing with coaching. When I was doing writing coaching, I had to limit how many coaching sessions I could do a day because it just, that takes a whole different part of you, but it takes more of you. And you can't give that level of attention to that many people in one day. You're absolutely right. All right. Tomorrow is Alan's day. We're going to talk all about him, his business, and what we can learn from him. So join us tomorrow for day five with Alan Heyman.